and welcome to A Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it is my joy and my pleasure to welcome you today. Welcome to anyone who's found us for the first time. I'm so thankful that you are here. Thank you for stopping by. Please don't run off quite yet. Please stick around and see what the Lord has for us as we spend time in His Word today. And welcome back to you regular listeners. I'm so thankful for you as well. Thank you for coming back day after day. I wish I knew who all of you were. Uh, I know who several of you are, uh, but God doesn't have it that way for me to know who all of it is. I could uh, or who all of you are, I can see from where you download on my little uh, podcast uh, dashboard. But as far as knowing who you are, I don't know that. But God does. And I just pray that he will bless you today. I continue to pray for you daily that the Lord will draw all of you closer to him, that he will give you more of a desire to know him and his word and to be deliberate in spending time with him and thinking about the things of him. Oh, friends, we must. It makes such a difference in our daily walk, and he has graciously uh, given us his word. If we're believers, he's given us his spirit. Uh, he wants to help us. He uh, has given us, as we read in uh, Ephesians, uh, all the spiritual blessings <laughs> in the heavenly places. He has given us so much, but we have to slow down. We have to deny ourselves and honor him, and uh, he is just so gracious to give us all these gifts, and I'm thankful. Uh, please consider sharing this podcast with your friends, family, neighbors, strangers, just anyone who you think may wish to come along this journey with us and know that I love to hear from you. So if you feel so led, send me a message sometime. Let me know what the Lord's doing in your life as you're spending more time with him. Well, our verse for the day for February the 12th, 2024, comes from the letter of 1 Peter. We've been there uh, already this uh, last month and this month, uh, but I love this letter. Of course, you know I love all the words and all the verses, uh, but it's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. So that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Oh, friends, there Peter goes getting into our business again about how we act. <laughs> and it was just a few days ago that Paul did the same thing when he was writing to Titus, you know, about modeling um, our uh, modeling in all respects a godly life. And so um, this is very important. Uh, it doesn't as much matter what we say if our, if our actions don't back it up. We can profess to be a believer in Christ, but if we act like the world, how will people know? We're uh, called out. We're set apart. We're different, um, and it's for God's glory. And so I'm excited for us to park here today and see what we can learn, see what we can apply. And you know, if you've been um, listening to this podcast very long, that I like to take a little time and think about exactly where we are in the Scripture and get the context, think about who wrote this letter um, who to whom it was written, if we can determine that, an overall theme, and then that helps us to kind of, after we do that big overview, to zoom in on our verse for the day and to be able to understand it more only by the help of God's Holy Spirit. 
So we are in the New Testament once again. We are in that group of general letters. Remember that the New Testament begins with the four Gospels, then it moves to New Testament history, which is the book of Acts, then to Paul's letters. There's 13 of those, and then to the eight general letters uh, written by men who are not Paul, and then that last book of Revelation, which is the New Testament prophecy. Peter's uh, letters uh, are, as I mentioned, in the general epistles or general letters. Peter was an apostle of the Lord Jesus, and um, he tells us that, and we know that Peter wrote this uh, because the beginning of his letter says so. I love the way he and Paul open up their letters because we have no doubt who wrote them. (laughs) He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. He tells us right off his credentials. He was an apostle. In other words, he was appointed by the Lord Jesus to be a messenger. And we read, and we've talked about this before, about the calling of Peter and his brother Andrew. You can find those in the Gospels, and I'll put the references in the the show notes. Um, But Peter and his brother Andrew were fishermen. And the Lord Jesus called him and said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. We know that Peter seemed to be the chief apostle. When you look in the many of the lists of the apostles in the Gospels, Peter is mentioned first. We also hear more about him than any of the other apostles in the Gospels. And we see just so much from Peter's life, and uh, God graciously gave us the example of Peter. We see someone who was... uh, zealous and wanted to follow Christ and uh, would sometimes jump all in before he thought. (laughs) Sometimes he spoke, it seems, before he thought, or he had his ideas that he thought the Lord should conform to. And we see Jesus, Jesus graciously love Peter and deal with Peter and guide Peter just like he does with each one of us. And I'm thankful for Peter's life. You see that someone who, um, would say and did say that he loved the Lord so much and he would follow him to death. But then we saw his times of doubt. We saw that time when he denied the Lord, but we also uh, saw that Jesus had prepared him for that. And it even told Peter before the fact that he had prayed for him and that when he had turned back to strengthen his brothers. And so we uh, saw God in Jesus. We saw that demonstration of his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness before Peter had ever uh, denied Christ. And much like um, we read in Romans that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. So before any of us were born, before we even started to sin, and every one of us is sin. Christ died for us. Christ offered that sacrifice for us and paid the price for us. And um, he had likewise already forgiven what he knew Peter would do. And I'm just so thankful for that example. And then uh, Peter went from um, a regular fisherman to the chief apostle and then to a a wonderful um, preacher of the gospel. We read some of that in 
Acts, and I'm just so thankful for that. We see on that day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down, all the, all the believers, and then Peter, filled with the Spirit, went out and preached and told the good news of the gospel to all of those who were there, and over 3,000 were added to their number that day that we read in Acts chapter 2. Um But Peter, at the time that he was writing this letter, was writing to those believers who had been scattered because there was a persecution happening in the in that time and many of the believers those exiles were dispersed and that's what he's talking about in the dispersion they were dispersed because they were being exiled and persecuted and Peter was writing this letter to encourage them to um rely on Christ during this time of suffering and that this was short-lived, but we have an eternity, an eternal life to look forward to. And it seems that he was writing mostly to Jewish believers because of what he was saying about um, the elect exiles. And then even in in our verse for the day when he was talking about them uh, and their conduct among the Gentiles. But uh, we can also learn so much from this because it's believers um, in a world of non-believers. And that's how we should think about this, I think. He gives practical encouragement and uh, much exhortation and even some warnings, some things to watch for about false teachers and a watching uh, for that uh, Satan, that roaring lion, our enemy who prowls around and seeks whom he de- um, may devour. And he reminds us to stand firm and to uh, keep our hope in Jesus. And, you know, at the end of chapter one, and we talked about that, Peter was encouraged them, even though you're going to be suffering, even though there will be difficulties, we're called to be holy. We're called to be like Christ. And um, he reminds us that um, we can trust that word of God that never fails. And then as we get into chapter two, uh, we talked about this a few days ago about how Jesus is that cornerstone, but we also, like living stones, are being fit together, uh, built up as a spiritual house, and we're a holy priesthood, we're a holy nation. And so I want to read, and that's for those who are believers in Christ, we have that inheritance. And so I'm just so excited, but I want to pick up and read forward uh, because Peter is reminded he knew how hard it would be during those times of difficulty and persecution and suffering, uh, but also how our actions and how we responded will affect uh, how others uh, perhaps see the the Christian life. And uh, ultimately, we know that no one comes to Christ unless he is drawn. No one comes to the Father unless he, unless he is drawn by the Father. Uh, but there's no doubt that our witness affects people, and God uses our witness uh, in people's lives. So I want to pick up in chapter 2, verse 1. He says, So... Put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 
For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word for they as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And let me just stop right here. Holy means other, to be set apart. And that's what we are if we are in him. That's why Peter was talking about calling uh, that we're called to be holy. We're a set apart nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So Peter is just again encouraging and encouraging them um, to be uh, mindful of how they walk, even as we mentioned just a few minutes ago, even in the midst of this persecution. It's thought at this time that a lot of that persecution during the time that Peter was writing um, was from Nero, who was an emperor, and he was um, not a very good man at all, and he... Uh, is thought to have burned Rome himself, um, but then he blamed the Christians for it. And the reason, from what I've read, that he was thought to have burned Rome was he had this uh, just incredible appetite to want to build and build bigger. And so he he is thought to have burned that um, so that he could start over. Well, he left the Romans with, uh, they didn't have homes. They didn't have their places that they normally went and so the scapegoat was the Christians, and they were already hated because of their um, ties with the Jewish people. And uh, they there arose such a terrible persecution. So Peter knew that it would be difficult for the believers, in my, and he had encouraged them once before that, you know, this was just a, a light and momentary thing, and that um, he says, in this you rejoice now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He knew that it, uh, based on how uh, the world would view the the lives of these believers in the midst of terrible persecution and unfairness that for some people that would help them um, see the goodness and grace of God. And so he's saying, I urge you as sojourners, uh, so as journeyers and exiles, those who have been displaced to um, abstain from passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. Now, when we look at conduct, that's just the manner of our life, the way we, uh, the way we act, the way that we 
um, behave, the way that we deal with others. So he's saying, in the way that you act, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. Now, we talked about this before, um, like in Paul's letters and Peter's letters and some of the others, a Gentile was someone who was a non-Jew. Um, but in this sense, it's a uh, someone who is a non-believer. If you look up that word for Gentile in the Greek, the Greek of that is ethnos, and it just means the nations or a group of people. So um, what Peter is saying is, is, as you are journeyers and exiles in this land among the nations, among the people who are not believers, um, keep your conduct, your behavior honorable. Now, when I first read honorable, I thought, you know, upstanding, and I guess it does count for that. But when you look in the Greek, it's got even a more, a deeper uh, meaning. And I love this. I love this. This is why it's so important um, to take time to do word studies, friends, because it just illuminates the scripture. This is what was written in the original Greek, that uh, word for honorable comes from the Greek word kalos or kalos, and it means beautiful and good. And it's more beautiful as an outward sign of what is inside. It's a winsome characteristic. In other words, uh, people will see that honorable thing and, and it'll win them to, they'll want to know it. They'll want to have what it is. So Peter's saying, keep your conduct, your behavior among the nations honorable, beautiful, winsome, so that when they speak of you as evildoers, because people were speaking of the believers as evildoers, they um, were accusing them of the ones to be the ones that had burned Rome and had caused trouble. They were also um, uh, falsely accused of being cannibals because of how they spoke about the Lord's Supper, about taking... um, uh, part in Jesus's body and drinking his blood. And so the world didn't understand that. So Peter said, uh, when, not if they speak of you as evildoers, but when they speak of you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. They may see that you love. They may see that you serve. They may see the fruit of that spirit, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control on the day of visitation. Now, what does that day of visitation mean? Well, back in the Old Testament, uh, that day of visitation could mean uh, the day that the Lord visits and either brings judgment like we read in Isaiah 10:3 or the day or a day that the Lord will visit and bring blessing. So any time that they have an encounter with the Lord uh, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify God um, whenever they have that encounter with the Lord. And uh, one of the commentaries that I read in my study Bible, um, the uh, John MacArthur wrote that, um, you know, when their heart was right and when those uh, non-believers uh, had that encounter 
with the Lord Jesus and were given that opportunity to make the decision that they would glorify God. And so this is a big deal, and it's the same for us, friends. I mean, in our culture right now, Christianity does not have a good name. Uh, People call us haters because we stand up for the truth. People call us narrow-minded because we stand up for the truth. They um, say that we don't know anything because we don't stand up for the sinful things, and we stand against the sinful uh, ways of the world. And they think we're coming against the people, but it's against the sin that we're standing. Um, And so uh, this is just as important for us. So may we keep our conduct among the nations, uh, wherever we are, our workplace, our home, uh, the marketplace, wherever we are, honorable, winsome, not in a way that will turn others away from Christ so that when they speak against us, um, they... um, may see our good deeds. They may see our godliness, not anything of us, but what God is doing through us and glorify God. It's just like when Jesus talked to the disciples and was reminding them that they were the light of the world in Matthew chapter 5. This is one of my Aunt Noni's favorite verses. She's hitting it, and it says, you are the light of the world. A city on the hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house in the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven so may we do that may we be honorable May, may we walk in a beautiful winsome way that's only because of what christ has done in us for his glory blessings to you friends until next